0: Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Nader Mansour, and I pray this message will draw you closer to Jesus. The title of our study is Conspiracy of Deception. And what we want to look at this morning is a a serious matter that relates to, particularly, the times in which we live and the times that we are approaching. And to begin, I want to start with a story, a true story, a sad, a tragic, and a true story that actually uh, happened And it's recorded in the Bible, and it's a story that chances are you you don't know this story. It's a very obscure little story. Uh, It's not often mentioned. It's not often repeated. It's hardly ever preached about, and yet it's such a vital, important story. Let me give you a little bit of a background before I get into the story, and then I'll read the verses uh, that relate to what we want to talk about. So the story, uh, the timing of the story is in the days of Jeremiah after Nebuchadnezzar uh, conquered Babylon and took some captives, and uh, the captain of the host is speaking to Jeremiah, and he tells him, you're free to go anywhere. So Jeremiah decides to go back to Jerusalem, and he uh, is going to be with the governor that uh, Babylon has assigned, that King Nebuchadnezzar has assigned. This governor, Gedaliah, is his name, and we want to look at the story of this Governor, we want to look at uh, what happened to him because it illustrates very well for us uh, the title of what we're talking about today and some relevant points. So that's just the context, is the timing uh, of the days of Jeremiah. Let me put up the verses here, and uh, and we can read what actually occurred uh, with this particular man. Here it is, Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 13 and 14. It says, "Moreover, Johanan the son of Kareah." And all the captains of the forces that were in the fields came to Gedaliah to Mizpah. Gedaliah was the governor, like I said. So all these captains, they came to him. And verse 14, and said unto him, Dost thou certainly know that Baalis, the king of the Ammonites, hath sent Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, to slay thee? But Gedaliah, the son of Ahicham, believed them not. So here is the sad situation. Uh, These men come to uh, Gedaliah. They report to him. Something that they heard, that they're aware of, and they came in number, obviously, to lend weight to this, that this is more than just a rumor. This was more than just a false accusation. This was something that concerned them enough to come and warn the governor about. His loyal servants, his devoted men, they were concerned for his well-being. And they told him, listen, don't you realize that there is, there is a plan to assassinate you, to kill you? Ishmael is going to do it. Now, here is Gedaliah, and here is his response. He did not believe them. He doubted them. He said, no, that's not true. It cannot be. Gedaliah must have been a nice man. He didn't think such an evil could exist. And so he doubted that. And he said, no, there can't be a conspiracy to assassinate me like that. Like you're saying, he did not believe them. Then he goes on. Verse 15 and 16. Then Yohanan, the son of Qariah, spake to Gedaliah in Misfah secretly, saying, Let me go, I pray thee, and I will slay Ishmael, the son of Nathaniah, and no man shall know it. Wherefore should he slay thee, that all the Jews which are gathered unto thee should be scattered, and the remnant in Judah perish. But Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, said unto Johanan jo- the son of Qariah, Thou shalt not do this thing, for thou speakest falsely of Ishmael. So here is how serious this was, that uh, Yohanan actually told him, Listen, this is serious, uh, Gedaliah, governor, this is serious. Let me go and handle the case. I will go and take care of him, and I will kill him in secret. And Gedaliah actually says, no, you can't do that because you are speaking falsely of Ishmael. That's how much he didn't believe his captain and all these men that told him that. So, like I said, he thought it was lies, it was deception. He couldn't believe that there was such a conspiracy and he forbade Yohanan from interfering. Now, if you read the story, I'm not going to go to all the details. I just want to give you enough backdrop to appreciate the impact of the story, but it's definitely worth reading. In Jeremiah chapter 40 and chapter uh, 41. If you continue the story, you will actually find that uh, it doesn't uh, happen as Gedaliah hoped. The warning was genuine. The warning was true. Ishmael came and he actually ended up killing Gedaliah. We see that in the next chapter. Let me read the verse here. Chapter 41 of Jeremiah verse 3. Ishmael also slew all the Jews that were with him, even with Gedaliah at Misfah and the Chaldeans that were found there and the men of war. So not only did Gedaliah lose his life, but there were people who were with him. There were even Babylonians who were with him. There were men of war. There were others. And there was a, a, a scattering of all these Jewish folks who had gathered to this governor and to have some sense of safety and security. And the point of this story is this. This poor man did not heed the warning and he lost his life as a result. The warning that the things were not as they appear to be. You see, Gedaliah took things at face value. Gedaliah believed things as they appeared. Ishmael appeared friendly, and he did not believe that he could uh, be capable of such an evil thing to assassinate him and to kill him. And that there is a conspiracy against him. He took things at face value. He not only lost his life, he actually caused the scattering of the Jews that were with him. And eventually they ended up going to Egypt, took Jeremiah with them. It's, It's a sad, sad story that finds its root at this particular incident. So, like I said, this man, he thought well of others, which was a noble trait, it's a noble characteristic, there's there's nothing wrong with that. He couldn't imagine such an evil against him that he could not conceive of towards others. That's probably revealing his character. But in his simplicity, he lacked wisdom to take seriously a warning that was substantiated, a warning that his men and his uh, commanders knew about and they were concerned enough to actually take action for. Now, why am I stressing these points? Because there are parallels to the experience of Gedaliah for us today that we can learn of. This failure on the part of Gedaliah did not just affect him, it affected others as well. The same is for us because we live in a day and age today where Jesus actually warned us specifically time and again that there is going to be deception. Grave deception, deep deception. He said it time and again. And it would be folly of us to ignore or forget the warning of Jesus and to just simply take things at face value as they appear to us, to our judgment, to our discernment, to our perception, and ignore the reality that there is a deception behind the scenes. Gadaliah paid for that mistake with his life. How are we? responding and reacting. Now, hopefully you'll see what we're talking about because a lot of people say, well, yes, yes, we know that. Well, I want to bring it a little bit closer to home and see how much really do we know that. Uh, let's look at our next verse because I want to uh, highlight and summarize some of the things that Jesus actually warned about and said and, uh, in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 4. Here is a last day warning from the lips of Jesus himself about this particular point. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. When the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, what shall be the sign of their coming and the end of the the world, and all these things that Jesus had told them about, uh, about the temple, the first thing that Jesus begins by telling his disciples is they need to be careful. Take heed. Be careful. Watch out that no man deceive you. Deception will be rife especially in the last days they culminate they grow and they climax in the last days there is going to be deception there are going to be things happening behind the scenes that are not what is apparent or what is seen and it would be absolute folly for us to take things at face value according to the words of jesus now he said this time and again this was not the only time he said it if you go through the chapter if you go through matthew 24 you'll find that he talks about rumors You'll find that he talks about wars that happen. He talks about betrayal. He talks about false prophets repeatedly. Three times he repeats the warning about false prophets who will deceive people. I want to read the verse now in a minute. But you get the sense from the uh, discourse of Jesus that there is some serious happening occurring behind the scenes in the last days that will cause and bring about deception. That's why we're talking about a uh, conspiracy of deception today. In the last days, the the hallmark, the distinguishing factor of the last days is that there is going to be deep, rampant, global deception. That's how serious it is. Time and again, Jesus repeats it. Here's the next verse. Again, in Matthew 24, a warning of the very same thing. Verse 11, he says, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Ponder the words of Jesus here for a minute. There will be many false prophets. And their work of deception will result in deceiving not few, but many. There will be many people who will fall for this deception. So this is why I'm saying this is the hallmark. This is the watchword. This is the name of the game in the last days. And this deception will culminate and intensify as we get closer and closer to the end. It's a deception that we must be aware of. We cannot ignore, we cannot treat lightly, we cannot fall into the trap that Gedaliah fell into. To think that all is well and rosy and fine and to take things at face value, we will end up not only losing our own life, but we could have a dire impact on others who are in our circle or sphere of influence. Gedaliah happened to be a governor. His decision did not just impact him. It impacted those who were with him. It caused a very, very sad outcome. The sad outcome in the last days, to get things wrong in the last days is a very serious and eternal loss. So Jesus warns, time and again, deception. Now, I want to come to a verse here a little later. Let's go to the next one, because now it comes to a little closer to home. What about the elect and deception? And the verse I want to deal with is verse 24. Again, from the same chapter, dealing with the same warning Jesus gives. It's the same theme over and over. Verse 24 of Matthew 24, he says, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. Just take some time and think about it. This is how deep, this is how profound this deception will be. It will keep coming in waves and in so many ways and means and a variety of presentations that it will even endanger the very elect. Satan is behind the scenes working and his purpose and his work is to deceive in so much that if it were possible, even the very elect. So I want you to think about this question. Is it possible for the elect to be deceived. Is it possible for the elect to be deceived? Now, the implication in the verse here uh, suggests that it's close, but it's not possible. Yet Satan tries. But I want you to think about that because some people develop a certain sense of false security and false immunity because of the words of Jesus. If you follow Jesus, then we are immune to this. We will not be deceived because the elect will not be deceived. Well, guess what? Jesus was speaking to his elect disciples at the time and he was warning them about dangers that were relevant to them, dangers relating to deception. You see, the elect are in a very serious danger to be deceived if they do not heed the words of Christ. Then someone say, well, that makes them not elect. Well, okay, you can argue that way. But the point simply is this. Jesus is telling his disciples, just because you're you're mine and you profess the the name of Christ doesn't mean you're safe. Let me tell you how you can be safe in the last days. There are these deceptions to be aware of. There is deception so severe in the last days, you have to be mindful of it. That's why the last verse here, verse 25 that we have on the screen actually says, behold, I have told you before. Why is Jesus saying this? If in order for you to be the elect who will be, safe and not deceived in the last days, you have to pay attention to what Jesus said beforehand. You have to take the words of Jesus seriously. That is the only way, that is the only means of being safe and not being deceived in the last days. There are those who profess the name of Christ. There are those who uh, uh, claim to be followers of Christ who will be deceived. Time and again, we see it in, in Earth's history. There, you know, we could go through all, to all kinds of examples. But the key distinguishing point here is not whether the elect uh, are going to be deceived or not. The key point to keep in mind is, what is it that makes you an elect? It is heeding and following and obeying the words of Christ and taking them seriously. This is why Jesus repeated in that discourse time and again, beware of deception, beware of false prophets, watch out there is deception. It will deceive many. There's going to be many false prophets. Why was he saying this? So that the elect can actually heed and not be deceived, meaning that the elect are in a very serious danger to be deceived if they ignore heeding the words of Christ. Key point, important point to keep in mind. So ignoring the words of Christ means you will fall into that deception. Now, I want us to think about deception here for a minute because The perpetrator in all these deceptions and all these uh, falsehoods that are happening, the the perpetrator and the one behind them is Satan. And Satan's ability to deceive cannot be underestimated. Satan deceived one third of the angels in heaven. They were God's messengers they were handmade by god so to speak they, they were the creation of god holy beings in heaven in the very presence of god who, who worshipped god who could see god who were messengers of god satan was successful in deceiving them so if you have any any uh sense of security about the last days that you, you'll be safe you'll be your elect and you're all set just just beware because there is a deception coming your way a deception that satan will try to accomplish to, to deceive even the very elect if you could deceive the angels in heaven, then how much more us here on earth? Now, it's not just the angels in heaven. What about Eve? Eve was God's creation. Satan was able to successfully deceive Eve. She was perfect. She was holy. She had no problem with, with the fallen nature that we have or, or, or sin or, or temptation or anything of the sort. She even had warning. She had warning about Satan. When she did not heed that warning or take it seriously, Deception got her and she fell into sin. Adam, of course, afterwards, but she was God's handiwork, so to speak, as well. She was the elect of the time. So my point simply is this. Let us not have this false sense of security where we ignore the words of Jesus. I'm going to examine today a little bit closer what the words of Jesus and how deep they really go as far as the deception that is happening that is being perpetrated on the world and especially on the believers because that's the whole point of it. Satan's deception comes so close that if it were possible, even the very elect, he will take out as many of the elect as he can. And guess what? He will be able to take out as many as refuse or ignore to heed the words of Jesus. Those who take it lightly, those who might be like, get a lie. I would say, well, no, 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 it can't be that bad. that's, that's, That's too much. It can't be that deceptive. If you are in that category, beware. Be very aware. Jesus' warning in the last days cannot be overstated. It's all about deception. You have to be careful what you believe, what you lend your ear to, what you lend your weight of influence to based on what you believe. So, We can't just assume that we will be okay in the last days just because we we follow Jesus and ignore the serious and repeated warning of deception time and time and again that has been repeated. Now, I want to go to uh, another verse here that uh, shows how close this can come to the elect because I know that this is a point that a lot of people are a little bit resistant to and have this sense of false security about it. Notice how Jesus actually said to Peter something that is relevant for us today. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 31, Jesus speaking to Peter, he says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Beautiful verse, beautiful encouragement. But Peter, who was a follower of Jesus, according to Jesus, he says, listen, Peter, satan has his eyes on you he is after you and it's his desire and purpose to have you to own you to deceive you and capture you and to sift you as wheat but i have prayed for you peter so jesus is giving peter the warning in advance he's giving it just like he did with us in matthew 24th with the disciples and for us as well The, the key is this brothers and sisters satan will not stop trying to deceive god's very elect if you believe you are a follower of christ you are the elect of god you are you know uh a faithful uh, christian then satan is coming after you he has you in his sights and how he has you how he comes after you and me is through deception deception is the name of the game now the comforting thing here is this assurance is jesus didn't just pray for peter right he prayed for all his believers we see that in in john chapter 17 that's an encouragement for us but peter came pretty close to being captured by satan you realize that And if it wasn't for the prayer of Jesus on his behalf and telling him, Peter, listen, this is what's going to happen. Beware. And warning him and praying for him and interceding for him, Peter would have been captured by Satan and deceived by Satan. So the danger is, is real. The danger is very close to home. Here is Peter. This is one of the close disciples of Jesus. This is one of the disciples who was in the inner circle of Jesus. The three disciples, you know, Peter was one of them. And this is what Satan was planning for Peter and had a a serious chance of succeeding were it not for the warning of Jesus and were it not for the prayer of Jesus. So the point simply here is this, the danger is serious to those of us who believe that we are the followers of Christ, the disciples of Christ. And the danger is Satan wants to have us, you and me, to sift us as wheat. But Jesus is interceding for us. Jesus is for us, praying for us, interceding for us, working for us that we might not fall prey to him. And like it says in the verse here, that our faith fail not, just like he prayed for Peter. So how can we be safe? How can, how can we navigate the last days? I want to look at a few examples of that. And one of them is recorded in 2 Corinthians two 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. It says, Lest Satan should gain, get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So Satan has devices, and Satan gets advantage over us when we are ignorant of his devices. Satan's devices, his number one key point or his number one tactic, his number one device is deception, lies, deceit, subterfuge, all these things that are not what they appear to be. Let me pull that verse down and just make some thought comments here because I want you to think about this. Satan gets the advantage when we are ignorant of his devices. That's why Jesus, in the warning about the last days, uncovers for us the devices of Satan. Deception. Now, the reason I'm repeating this and going on and on, everybody will say, well, we know that there is deception in the last days. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, the deception is deeper than most of us realize. The deception is so deep that most, if not all people, will fall for it. They will not believe that things are so. Only God's elects, with the influence of the Spirit of God, will be able to see through what is apparent. That's how serious it is. And we have to be prepared for that. Our, our outlook has to be prepared for that. Our senses, our sensibility, our expectation has to be prepared to not just take things at face value, no matter how convincing they might be. We have to be ready to navigate the last days. To be honest, most of us, I fear, are not ready. Because so many times we get caught up, in some of the things that are presented to us, and we take things at face value, whether we hear it here or there or the news or things that are happening in the world, and we take things at face value and we don't question that there might be a deception behind. And like poor old Gadaliah, we say, no, 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 it can't be. It can't be like someone here is saying or someone there is saying. And I want to get to that as well because there are deceptions in the uncovering of deception as well. That's why your only safety is in knowing the devices of Satan Heeding the warning of Jesus so that Satan does not have an advantage over us. So, Satan has an advantage when we are ignorant of his devices. How many people today, believers in Christ, are ignorant of Satan's devices? Alarmingly, more than we realize. Are you one of them? Am I one of them? Devices of Satan, like I said, is his chief device, is lies, deception, and manipulation. He used that in the Garden of Eden with Eve. He appeared as something that he really wasn't, if you recall. So Eve was was captured and captivated by what appeared to her to be a serpent in the tree. And it wasn't really looking like Satan, like she expected, or like an angel that had fallen. And that deceived Eve. She didn't think about what might be behind the scenes. Key lesson for us: Satan appears as something else. That's part of his deception, part of the lies. He speaks lies, and through those means, very persuasive, very beautiful, very appealing, he actually accomplishes his task of capturing people. This is, this will be, uh, you know, this will culminate and 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 become an absolute fine art in the last days, in the last final deception that the book of revelation reveals to us so like i said uh, it appears to be in the favor of those that satan is talking to to listen to satan Me, it seems to make sense because the angels in heaven if you think how are the angels in heaven deceived by satan you see satan actually did not present to them his true heart motive and intention initially he would have sided up to them and, and talked about how this is something for their benefit and for their favor, that if he was in charge, you know, things would go well for them and he's looking out for them and for the welfare and equality of all the heavenly beings and, and that all will be on the same footing. And if he's, does that sound familiar? Does that sound like some political talk today? Well, guess what? It started all the way in heaven. That's how the the, the, uh, the angels were deceived by Satan. They felt that he was like a champion for their cause. He, he instilled in them the idea that there is a cause that they can belong to, and he is a champion in that cause. And so he would present his case, not as he wants, but all these angels want him to be in such and such a position. And why shouldn't God take it uh, seriously and, and do that? When in reality, Satan had an agenda. The agenda was about himself about him gaining power, control, and authority. And he used a cause that the angels could sympathize with to deceive them. Now God worked to undeceive them and and declared things to them and and they made their choice and and one third of the angels sided with Lucifer and fell out of heaven or cast out of heaven. The same tactic has been refined over the years, time and time and again, until it culminates in the last days, brothers and sisters. And I want to share this warning, this... this, uh, it's it's a real burden on my heart. It's like we're going into the into the last days, not, not, not expecting how deep and how serious and how sinister and how satanic the deceptions are going to be. We have to wake up. We really have to be aware. We have to be wise. We cannot afford to be like Gedaliah and just hope we'll sail through on goodwill. And, and uh, you know, just thinking positively about things as far as, no, things take, take them as they appear. No, they are not as they appear. If you go into the last days, taking things at face value, believing things as they appear, I am telling you now on the authority of God's word, you are a fool and you will be deceived. You will be deceived, guaranteed. If you take things at face value, if you just think all is good and well and take things as they appear, you will fall prey to the deceptions of Satan. The book of Revelation makes that clear. And I'm not saying this you know, uh, to scare people, I'm saying this because it is alarming. The reason that Jesus repeated it time and again is because it's a serious thing for his own people, for his own followers to be aware of, to be mindful of, to heed this warning, to heed these words. Now the nature of, uh, of uh, a deception or the nature of a conspiracy uh, and a conspiracy simply means a, a secret plan or a ploy by a number of people to accomplish a hidden agenda that they do not that they do not put forth as what is apparent so uh, you appear as one thing but you have a hidden agenda you have a plan you have a conspiracy uh, you see that time and again that's just by definition uh, In the Bible, there are so many examples. I want to look at another story. I I touched on this recently, but I want to mention it because it's relevant here. Another story that used the very same tactics of Satan, the very same tactics that Lucifer used in heaven, and to accomplish the same thing. And and I want to focus on a component here of how people get carried away with things. Uh, This is the story in 1 Samuel, the story of Absalom. Absalom, who was uh, the son, the beautiful, pretty, handsome son of David, who... uh, conspired to overthrow David and sit on his throne. Very similar to the deception or or the rebellion of Lucifer in heaven. Let me read the verses. We'll make some comments. First, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 11 and uh, 12. And with Absalom went 200 men out of Jerusalem that were called. And they went in their simplicity and they knew not anything. And Absalom sent for Achitophel, the Gileonite, David's counselor from his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices and the conspiracy was strong for the people increased continually with Absalom. Just picture the scene for a minute. Here is this ploy, this plan that was, that was cooking and baking behind the scenes, secretly, fomenting, rebellion, that people were getting called into. Even counselors of David, one of David's uh, chief counselors, Achitofel, was called into this. And it says here that this, the conspiracy was actually strong. It was was gaining ground, it was gaining momentum. And on the surface, on the front, on the face of it, uh, it did not seem apparent what Absalom was doing. It seemed like he was just, you know, championing the cause of the people and helping the downtrodden and oppressed, but he had a plan, he had a purpose. There was a conspiracy happening in those days. Now, the tactics that Absalom used are very much the tactics that Lucifer had used in heaven. They were satanic tactics of appearing as one thing, but the reality was different. Presenting a front, presenting a particular story, a particular narrative, a particular concern that was actually not the truth, but the reality was something vastly different. Guess what? That's the tactic that Satan will use in the last days. And what was happening there in Israel on a small scale, as far as the nation of Israel, is going to be repeated on a large scale on a global scale, where the whole world is going to be deceived by something that appears so good, so convincing, so uh, a cause worth uh, championing and worth supporting, and it will have in it the ultimate sting of death and deception. And my concern is this, brothers and sisters, many among God's people are very likely going to fall prey. Some of us already are falling prey because we're getting caught up in some of the issues, believing things as they appear to be in the last days and not heeding the words of Christ seriously. There is deception. Jesus warned, he says, listen, you cannot take things as they appear. Now, the key here uh, that I want to focus on as well is, let me put that verse back up on the screen because getting caught up, getting... uh, taken with a particular cause is what is uh, told us here in verse 11. Because in verse 11, it talks about these 200 men from Jerusalem who were called. They were invited. They were, ta- they were called to come join this cause of Absalom, not knowing that it was a conspiracy. And it says, they went in their simplicity and they knew not anything. I just... I just <laughs> I just find it amazing how this description is so fitting today. So many people, even among us, can get caught in a particular cause or a particular uh, you know, issue and go along with it because it seems to them like it makes sense. And yet they go along not knowing a thing about the secret agenda and real issue and purpose behind the scenes that is being pushed and being promoted. This is the, the name of the game in the last days. And I want to make the application for us today. How many people get caught up in the same thing today for a particular issue, a particular narrative, a particular official story, and they go along with it, not knowing anything of the deeper ramifications that are involved. Beware what you lend your weight to. Beware what you uh, join, what you follow, what you give uh, you know, your attention and your influence to in the last days it's a serious time of deception it's a very serious warning so the same thing that happened uh, in the days of absalom also happened uh, in the days of christ the jews hated jesus the the pharisees the the unbelieving jews uh, there was a satanic plot to kill and destroy the son of god and it was under the guise of protecting and defending the truth that's how it was sold to the people and some people joined many people most people joined in that cause not knowing the real agenda and the real issue that was at play behind the scenes that was a conspiracy that was happening that was deceptive but it wasn't apparent because on the front and the face of it what was apparent what was the official story that was given was these uh, men of faith were zealous for the protection of the nation and rooting out any uh, heresy or false teaching and Jesus was one such false teacher and, and look he blasphemed He is guilty uh, we just have to kill him and it's better for one man to perish than for the whole nation to perish you remember all of these lines all these uh, reasons that they sold their their cause and people joined in the cause well guess what that wasn't the real story Expect the same in the last days. So many people get caught up in issues not realizing that they're playing into conspiracy. And and like the issues that are happening among us today, look, it's, it's, it's June 2020, right? The issues that are current today that are occupying the news, the media. Today, racial issues are being pushed and promoted and people are getting caught up in racial issues. Guess what? That's not the real issue according to the scriptures. There is a real deep hidden issue that this front one is being used to bring about a deception beware what you get caught into. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, racism is good. I'm not defending. That's not the point at all. But the issue is not what it appears to be. In, in the New Testament, uh, there is neither Greek nor Jew. There is neither bond nor free. There, we're all equal brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of skin color and all of that. I just want to be clear on that. But some people, so, they hear things, and because they hear it on the media, and the, the, the narrative that is being pushed, and, and they get caught up, in a cause that seems just and good and right, not realizing that there is more to the story. And these are some of the deceptions that Satan is using to accomplish a purpose in the last days. Beware, we wanna look at the last days because in the book of Revelation, time and again, we are told, Satan deceives the whole world. The serpent, the dragon, Satan, he deceives the whole world. I want you to think about that for a minute. Deceiving the whole world, brothers and sisters, is not a small feat to accomplish a whole planet of people, seven billion plus people in the world to accomplish the deception of the, to bring the world to a place where the majority, all the world, when he says all the world, that's the majority, because God has a remnant, uh, where all the world, except for God's remnant people, those who follow him, are of the same persuasion. They accept a particular storyline. They accept a particular position. That is not a small feat. And the way that Satan accomplishes that, according to the book of Revelation, is through deception. Through fooling the world, through presenting something or things or issues or, or narratives or stories or official you know, uh, positions that appear to be one thing, but the reality is totally different. And what ends up happening is people get caught up in that, and that is how they are deceived. The whole world will be deceived. How is Satan going to accomplish that? Very cleverly, very convincingly, and very deceptively. That's why repeatedly Jesus talks about deception. That's why repeatedly Jesus says, be careful of deception in the last days. You cannot go into the last days just sailing through, believing what you get told, and hope you're going to make it. You will fall prey to a deception. The deception is not just a human deception, as we shall see. The the deception, brothers and sisters, is a satanic one. It comes from Satan's mind. It's a satanic. That's how, that's how clever it is. Deception. The kind of deception that accomplished the, deceit, the fall of angels from heaven. So what hope do we have? You cannot. You cannot but seriously heed the words of Jesus Christ and take them for what they really mean. His repeated warnings are a very, very alarming thing for God's own people to pay attention to. Now. Uh, this influence uh, is, goes to high places. Let me put uh, our next verse up. Because in Revelation, we are told the following. Revelation 16 and verse 14. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of, the, of that great day of God Almighty. So this is how Satan will succeed in deceiving the whole world. His, his angels, the demons, these spirits of devils, which are three unclean spirits represented in the verse before, they work miracles. But notice who they target. Notice where these demons go. Think about this. This is revealed in prophecy. This is not my opinion. This is not my scare, uh, you know, uh, tactic about this. This is God's word speaking to us. These demons, they target the kings of the earth and of the whole world. So think about this. That means the governments, The leaders, those impositions of authority and leadership on a global scale are the targets of Satan and his angels in order to accomplish deception and carry the whole world with it. Why? Because the leaders and the governors and the kings and the rulers happen to be the ones that people look up to, that people are under their jurisdiction and their sovereignty, that people obey, that people believe what they say, that people heed what they tell them. The governments are the ones that issue laws, that issue directives, that uh, tell us what's going on, that warn us of this and that and, and the other that's happening. Now, in the last days, God is revealing through scripture here that Satan is going to use this means in order to accomplish the deception of the world, the kings of the earth and of the whole world. And the purpose is to gather them together into one side or the other. And the one side of Satan is to fight against God. This is how Satan accomplishes the deception of the world. Don't make no mistake about it, brothers and sisters. We are in serious, troublous times. And I don't say this to scare you. I say this to warn you because that's what Jesus said. We have to be mindful of that. We cannot go into this, you know, uh, hoping uh, for the best and okay, all will be well, you know, and, and you cannot take things at face value in the last days. You have to know what's going on. Otherwise, Satan will gain an advantage over you and if Satan gains an advantage over you it's because you had, somewhere along the way you became ignorant you were ignorant of his devices you forgot about them you forgot to pay attention you you neglected the warning of Jesus something or other and thereby he gains an advantage over you and all the while you think you're okay and you're safe and you're immune to deception and and being deceived because you you, you gave your life to Christ you'll follow him but if you somehow heed to 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 pay attention to the warning of Jesus if you heed uh, if, you, if you neglect to heed, pardon me, if you neglect uh, heeding the warning of Jesus, then you are still in very serious danger. One of the greatest dangers is when you think you're okay, when you think you're safe, when you think you're, you're secure, and you end up actually being deceived. That's one of the worst deceptions. Don't you remember that there is a group of people in the last days who tell Jesus, Lord, Lord, haven't we done all these things? And in your name, done miracles and wonders and great things. And what does Jesus tell them? I never knew you now if you think about this verse you have to remember that jesus says this is not just a few people who will come to him in the last days and tell him that that is many he says many will say to me in that day not few ponder that let that sink into your mind a little bit then you will appreciate the seriousness of the warnings that jesus gave and the seriousness of this deception in the last days that deceives the whole world there are people even who profess the name of Christ, who are not immune, who will fall prey to these deceptions because they don't heed the words of Christ. And that's a warning I want to give. I want to to wake us up, brothers and sisters. We're going into some serious, troublous times. And honestly, many of us are not ready for it. And And I'm not saying this to discourage people. I'm just being realistic. The way we talk, the way we communicate, some of the things that I come across, some of the conversations I have with people make me realize with shock and horror that most of us are not ready for what's coming. I'll tell you what, what I mean about that a little later. Uh, but anyway, so Satan targets the high in this world. Satan targets the kings of this world, those who are highly esteemed, those who are famous, those who are powerful, those who are rich, those who are influential, those who have a voice in the world that so many people look up to and listen to and follow and emulate and, and adore and, and aspire to become like. Does that sound familiar? All, all the celebrities of this world. What does what's that mean? Satan uses such means to bring about deception uh, for the masses. Beware. Now, Jesus said that himself. Here it is. Jesus actually warned how we are to consider some of these things. Luke 16 and verse 15. Jesus said, he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. That last part of the verse here I want to focus on. According to Jesus, that which is highly esteemed among men is actually abomination in the sight of God. What does that mean when it says that which is highly esteemed among men? In other words, the things that, that the men, the, the world looks up to, that the world considers great, that the world considers good, that the world considers noble, these things in Satan's world are actually the very opposite of how God considers things. God considers such thing an abomination. This is why the deception in the last days is so serious and so deep. So according to Jesus, when the world esteems something, because think about it, brothers and sisters, we are living in, the Bible calls Satan the God of this world. We're living in a world where Satan has a lot to do with what is happening because the majority of people are, do not heed the warning that Christ came and gave us. And so Christ, Satan is the God of this world, according to the scripture. And in this world, in his world, that which is highly esteemed, according to Jesus, is actually abomination in the sight of God. Think about that and consider next time you hear something, next time you see something, next time you think about your favorite celebrity, your favorite, I don't know who it is in whatever category, in whatever field, in whatever industry, think twice about the world we live in, brothers and sisters, because it is riddled with deception. In other words, things are not what they appear to be. Things aren't, you can't just take things at face value. These are some of the means, these are some of the people, these are some of the influences that Satan uses to deceive people in the last days, that which is highly esteemed in the world. Because guess what? When Jesus, the Son of God himself, was here on earth, was he highly esteemed in the world? No, he wasn't. He came to his very own and he was rejected. And Jesus says, listen, to his disciples, he says, listen, if they've done this to me, what do you think they will do to you? If, done, if they've done this, if they've treated me like this, then a servant is not greater than his Lord or his master. So in this world, and according to Jesus, you know, wide is the gate that leads uh, to destruction, narrow is the gate that leads to life. Th- those who are true followers of Christ, the faithful of Christ, are not going to be found to be, you know, the famous and influential in Satan's world. That's just not how it works, according to Jesus. So Beware. There's so many people who follow this or follow that or follow the other because it becomes a favorite of theirs. They think it's a reputable source. If you're following anything other than God's word in the last days, you are in serious trouble, very serious trouble. That's the, that's the warning that we're given time and again. Now, this uh, going to the kings of the world, I want to look at uh, a, a particular verse that spells it out so vividly that to me, I, I just you ponder that and it really hits you very hard. In Ephesians 6 and verse 12, This is what we're told. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, This is so so serious. If, If you just ponder the words of this verse. Paul says, our battle here, brothers and sisters, is not against people. It's against Satan and his armies. And Satan and his armies, how they are operating and how they are working, is they are working on a very high level in this world. He says, we wrestle against the rulers of the darkness of this world. What does that mean? The rulers of the darkness of this world, those who are in high positions of influence and authority, of leadership, kings of this world, governments, uh, rulers, are considered to be agents that satan utilizes to bring about his work of deception this is what paul is saying this is not uh, some minor you know uh, issue here or some some opinion of someone this is the apostle paul saying the issue the real battle we're fighting is not with flesh and blood it's actually with a deep and serious evil the rulers of the darkness of this world. And then the next part, it says, again, spiritual wickedness in high places. So high places here means heavenly places and doesn't mean heavenly as in the heaven where God dwells, but simply means high places as in they are above us. I want you to think about that. In other words, the things that we look up to, the things that rule, the things that govern, that are considered high, esteemed highly in this world. In that level, Satan is operating. And from that level, there proceeds and there is spiritual wickedness. I want you to think about that. This is not talking about human wickedness. This is not just talking about wickedness of man. This is spiritual wickedness, brothers and sisters, in the high places of this world, in the in the in the in the, in the ruling places of this world, where there is. Uh, great power, where there is great authority, where there is great influence, where there is great uh, ability to uh, sway the masses and influence masses, on that level and on that, uh, in that place, according to the scripture, we're told, there exists spiritual wickedness. Think about this, not just human wickedness, but spiritual wickedness means, brothers and sisters, demonic wickedness, there is a level of demonic evil wickedness that exists in this world on such a high level that is beyond the comprehension of most people. It is so, it is so unbelievable that most people will not believe it. Most people would rather take the face value, official story, official appearance of things and not realize what God is revealing to us and his people here. But behind the scenes, what is really occurring is a measure of evil that is beyond our comprehension. The Bible calls it spiritual wickedness in high places of this world that's how the devil accomplished his deception in the last days and that's how so many of of God's people who do not heed the words of Christ are going to end up being deceived because they will fall prey to something so overpowering so convincing so official so sounding good and so uh captivating in that so many people obey it and follow it and believe it and and to not believe it would mean you would stand out as an odd one that is weird that is strange that is maybe crazy because you're questioning what is officially the narrative and what is being uh, promulgated among the people does that sound familiar this is what we're coming to brothers and sisters it's a very very serious thing so spiritual wickedness in high places what does that look like i want to give you an example from the bible just to give you an illustration of what we're talking about here this is from the story of daniel Daniel chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Notice what the angel here says to Daniel. Then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself th- uh, thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days, but lo, Michael, one or first of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. I don't want to get too caught up in the details here, but just some context here. Daniel was concerned. He was, he was chastening himself and fasting for 21 days. Gabriel comes after that period and tells him the reason why he wanted to come sooner, but he was held up. He was detained. And the reason he was detained is in verse 13, is that the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood him for 21 days. Now, I don't want to, like I said, get too caught up here and take too long. Quite simply, the prince of the kingdom of Persia here, brothers and sisters, is not a human being. This is talking about the demonic power that was in the high place ruling at the time, the kingdom of Persia and the king of Persia was being influenced by the prince of the kingdom of Persia. In other words, the demonic power that is assigned to that particular place and location and that particular king. And Gabriel was withstanding this demonic influence on the king of Persia to try and counteract it so that he could influence the king of Persia to give favor to the Jews and to restore them. This is this is the backdrop. So this is... a spiritual battle occurring behind the scenes on a very high level in the world at the time the kings the rulers of the world at the time satan is influencing god is counteracting through his angels and gabriel says listen only when michael came michael is another name for christ i'm not gonna take the time to try and prove it now but it simply means the one who is like christ he's the the first of the chief princes or other words he's the the leader and the commander of the angels. It wasn't until Michael came to assist Gabriel that the battle was won. That's how serious, that's how deep the spiritual uh, battle and tussle and, and, and war that was going on behind the scenes that was not apparent to anyone. You, Daniel and others, they didn't see this, but now Daniel gets an insight by what Gabriel is telling him and he's revealing to him what was happening behind the scenes. Now get this, brothers and sisters. If that will, If this is what was happening in the days of Daniel, then how much more for us today? How much is happening today among the kings of this world, the rulers of this world, where there is spiritual wickedness occurring and influences of Satan that, that are increasing all the more and more because God's spirit is being withdrawn as men's hearts are hardening and choosing to follow Satan rather than God. The issue is so much more worse. So there is serious, serious uh, uh, battle happening behind the scenes. Things are not what they appear to be. Daniel, what was Daniel's response? He was praying, he was fasting for 21 days. That's a great lesson for us, brothers and sisters. Daniel understood something of the battle that was occurring. Daniel was engaging in the spiritual battle as a faithful soldier of Jesus Christ, praying, interceding, fasting, because he did not take things at face value. That's a picture of God's people in the last days. How are you? How am I doing? How are we going into the last days? Be careful what you believe. Be careful what you fall into. So, like I said, it's so much worse for us because that was a type for us. Now we're living in the time and the culmination of thousands upon thousands of years where Satan has been perfecting his art of deception, his, his, his skill in influencing people and, and bringing it to a global level. And that's the picture you get in the book of Revelation. So, no wonder the Bible gives us this serious... And very uh, crucial warning. Now, the elect of Jesus, those who are the disciples of Jesus at the time, they heeded his warning. I want to give you an example of that as well, because we don't just, you know, focus on all these uh, examples like Gedaliah and the one uh, where he he sadly and naively uh, just didn't believe what he was told and took things at face value. But there are those who don't take things at face value, and we see an example of this recorded for us where Jesus actually told this to his disciples, Luke chapter twenty-one. And verses 20 and 21. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains and let them which are in the midst of it, of it depart out and let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. What's Jesus telling them about? He says, listen, be careful. When you see, here's a sign. When you see the armies of Rome surrounding Jerusalem, know that its destruction is near. And when you see that, you need to flee and go to the mountains, that's his warning. Now the disciples, the Christians at the time, they heeded the words of Jesus. When the armies of Jerusalem came, uh, sorry, when the armies of Rome came and surrounded Jerusalem uh, for a time period, the siege was there, and then the siege lifted. And when the siege lifted and went, all the Jews, the Jewish leaders and said, "See uh, Roman," and they actually chased after the Romans, and they, they, they killed many of them uh, as the Romans were retreating. The Romans had to deal with something else at the time, and they killed many of them. The Christians took that opportunity to actually heed the words of Jesus and they left. Because the official story was the danger is over. Rome is gone. They will not come back. This is it. You're all safe. You're all sound. Don't worry. And if people believed that official story and stayed in Jerusalem, well, guess what? They were still there when that siege came back again three and a half years later in the year 70 AD and surrounded Jerusalem and decimated Jerusalem and slaughtered thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Jews. The amazing thing is none of the Christians were caught in that slaughter because they heeded the warning of Jesus. They didn't take things at face value. They didn't say, oh, the Roman armies are gone, all is well, peace and safety. You know, there are so many people who have likened what's happening today in the world and these restrictions with the with the virus uh, situation as, as a siege. The, the siege is now lifting and people are going back to normal. Let's go back to normal and all is well and, and the danger is gone. Beware, brothers and sisters. There is another siege returning. That's That's the... That's the The warning we get from this particular story. So beware. The Christians heeded the words of Jesus. The believers. Those who remember the words of Jesus this is the sign. Okay, we're off. They did not take things at face value. They would have seemed crazy at the time, but they were safe. How is it with you? How is it with me? Don't fall prey to official storylines and global narratives in the last days. They are the means of deceiving the masses. Now, I don't want to get specific here on this point or that particular point i'll mention a couple because we are living them but they're not the only thing that is in existence what i mean what what i'm saying is is a general principle based on god's word as a warning in the last days that can apply to any scenario that will develop afterwards after here after now after we're talking that we might not foresee that we might not you know think of at the the moment so the people there at the time they did not trust their senses they did not trust what their eyes and what the news told them during the day, Rome is gone, don't worry, all is back to normal, Uh, live and prosper and go out and, and, and do your thing. No, they packed their bags which would have seemed absolute lunacy. They packed their bags and they escaped for their life when there was no danger for three and a half years until it came back again. And when it came back, there was no time for anyone to leave. Serious warning, brothers and sisters, we really need to be praying. We really need to be heeding God's instruction as to what we are to do in these last days. Now I wanna warn against two particular extremes here because the one extreme, what I'm dealing with, and and hopefully all this comes together, we'll just bring it all together as we're closing now. The first extreme to be careful of is the trap of believing anything you hear that is the official storyline or the official narrative. There are so many people who they don't want to, you know, they just believe the official story, the official narrative. Whatever they are told by government, by authority, by the media, they believe, they trust in that. Beware, that is dangerous. This is how deception is. Beware of that. If this is how you are, I, I, I fear for you. Because these are the means that we're seeing here that Satan uses to actually accomplish the deception of the world. Think about it. Anything that is a global narrative, that becomes the official storyline of the globe, is a way to influence the thinking and the mindset of all the people in the world. Well, who has an interest in bringing all the people in the world to think in a particular way, in a similar way, for a particular purpose? It's Satan. Now, that purpose is not stated. That agenda is not declared. What is declared and what is revealed is a particular official narrative and an official story that people get caught up into, not realizing there is a deeper agenda. God's word says, be careful. So if you are like that, beware. That's a serious, serious danger. In like manner, I want to warn of the other serious extreme and danger here because some people might think, oh, hold on. You know, this brother now is, is he subtly or indirectly saying we should believe conspiracy theories and so on. The alternative to the official storyline is also not always true. The alternative, what people say, well, I don't believe the official. Line. Well, that's good, you know, uh, and they go to all kinds of bizarre weird and totally false ideas what is called conspiracy and some of them are theories that are totally unsubstantiated and people get so caught up in that well guess what don't you know that satan can use that for deception as well you know i've been bombarded with all kinds of uh, alternative videos and and and, and explanations and uh, conspiracies, conspiracies about what's really going on among us and look i understand that many of them are true but guess what many of them are actually total nonsense Total and absolute nonsense. And people are sharing things that are totally fake, that are hoaxes, without even stopping to check whether this is genuine or true or not. The Bible actually tells us we are to test all things. We are to prove all things. We are to question things. Whether it be the official uh, global uh, narrative that the governments tell us is what's happening in the world, or whether it be others who question that and say, oh, well, it's this and that and the other. Your only safety, brothers and sisters, in the last days is what God's word says. The devil doesn't care which extreme you go into. And there are some people who are getting caught up in all kinds of extremes. And one extreme lends way to the other extreme. People get into all these conspiracies so much so that people get tired of that. And they say, no, 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 it, it is what we're told it is. And these two extremes, the devil doesn't care which one you are in. If it's one extreme or the other, guess what? Both are going to utilize deception to fool people. The only safety. The only safe course is what God's word says. That's the only way to navigate the last days. Some people feel that they can't trust anything official. They will believe so readily anything alternative, no matter how weird, no matter how crazy, no matter how far-fetched, they will believe any alternative idea without even questioning it. The Bible says we are to question. We are to test all things. Beware of deception in the last days. Beware of what you share. Beware of what you circulate. Beware of what you get caught up into and, and lend weight to. Uh, remember what Daniel did. Remember what Daniel, uh, how he reacted. He prayed. He fasted. He sought God's will. Remember, brothers and sisters, there's a spiritual battle that's happening. We cannot go into the last days, uh, you know, uh, just unaware or, or unprepared for it. There's so many of us, and I, I, I see it because people are sending and circulating all these things and get so caught up in these things. The Bible says we are changed by beholding. What you behold. What you constantly feed on, what you consume, what you spend your time and effort and energy in looking at influences and impacts you and changes you. That's why Jesus is not saying, go try and find out this and that and, and the other. He just says, be careful, there is deception. Don't get caught up in this, uh, in this extreme or that extreme. Get caught up in that which will prepare us for the last days, in knowing the voice of the shepherd, in heeding the warning of Jesus. There is enough information to get caught up in all these alternative ideas that could keep us occupied for a number of lifetimes. Not just this life, a number of lifetimes. And there's so much evil and wickedness. that sometimes you get a glimpse of it and you realize what we really need is, is Christ. Go to Christ in prayer. Fast. Pray, brothers and sisters, like you've never prayed before. This is it. This is it's the end of the world. It is upon us. I'm not saying this to be an alarmist and oh, Jesus said it. When you see all these signs, know that it is near even at the door. Be ready, prepare. The time of trouble that is coming, the Bible describes as a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. Let that sink into your mind for a minute. A time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. That means a time of deception such as never was since there was a nation. A time of evil spiritual wickedness in high places such as never was since there was a nation, a time of overall, all round trouble such as never was since there was a nation. Here's my challenge to you. What are you doing about it? It's not, the the trouble is not gonna get less when you ferret it out and figure out, you know, all the ins and outs of who's doing what, where, and that's not what lessens the trouble. How are you preparing for that trouble individually, personally? The only preparation, brothers and sisters, is what Jesus said, and we're going to close with that in a minute. But I wanna challenge you. If we're going into trouble such as never been seen before, never experienced before, pray like you've never prayed before. Seek God earnestly like you've never sought him before. This is our only safety in the last days. This is the only means to navigate successfully the deception. There is serious, serious deception. So, test all things. Now, here's, here's a beautiful proverb that goes with this. I, I, I refer to the verse from the New Testament, but here it is from the Old Testament. I like this proverb. Proverbs fourteen fifteen. The simple believeth every word but the prudent man looketh well to his going. Are you simple or are you prudent in the last days? That's why Paul says, uh, prove all things, test all things, question all things, be prudent, be wise. Don't just believe anything you're told, either this way, the official, or the other way, those who say, well, here's the alternative. Don't just believe everything. There's so many examples of people just falling and believing everything. Trust God more than your senses. That's the key. Trust God more than your senses. The only reliable information we have in the last days is what God's word says to us, what prophecy reveals to us, what Jesus says to us. There is deception on both sides of the fence. There's people getting caught up this way and people getting caught up that way. Are you wise or are you simple? The simple believeth everything. The simple, yeah, well, that's, that's what we're told. Okay, we'll believe it. Do this, do that, do the other thing. This is how it is. If, if you're simple, you will believe anything you're told especially if it's in sources that you trust. Who do you trust? Who do you give credence to? Who do you give uh, the power and the authority to influence what you believe? Beware what you do with that. So uh, there's one thing I want to mention here, one example, because today there's a couple of examples. I said I'll mention them because we're dealing with them and, and I'll, I'll close with that. Today among us, uh, what's happening in America is, is, is tragic. There are riots, there are uh, all kinds of sad things that are occurring and, and the racial issue is being played right now. The racial issue of black and white and, and it's really uh, polarizing the nation and it's actually affecting other parts of the world. We had the year over year in where we live, we had people uh, you know, walk in the streets uh, in solidarity. And the thing is people are getting caught up in this because they think this is uh, a cry against the injustice and the racism that, that, that is uh, occurring, you know, the, the, the oppression of some people say the blacks and so on. This is why people are getting caught up in it. Let me tell you something. That is not the real issue that is at play. You realize that if God's word is true and what we're finding here today is true, this issue that is being promoted and pushed, as the official global narrative is being used to promote something totally different. Beware what you get caught up into. Now, the other thing, uh, this virus, the COVID-19 issue and, and the whole world and the official narrative that we were given. And, so, and all the countries lined up to a, to like a, a script of what needs to happen and how things should occur. Guess what? That is not the real issue. There is a deep hidden agenda that this is a front for. It's a deception that is used to bring about a certain condition of things that will be favorable in promoting the devil's agenda. On what authority do I say this? On what we found today in, in the lesson we looked at in prophecy, that the devils go to the kings of this world the rulers of this world that there is spiritual wickedness in high places and the purpose is to accomplish deception in other words you can't believe everything you're told the simple believeth everything god's people are not said to be simple they're not intended to be simple god actually told his people you are to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves wise as serpents how do you become wise as a serpent you know a serpent is a symbol for satan what, that, what Jesus is saying here, I want you to be wise on a level to discern the tactics of Satan, lest he gain an advantage over you because you are not ignorant of his devices. Be wise on a level that Satan is operating. Be wise to his operations, to his machinations, to how he will run things in the last days. Be wise as serpents and be harmless. Don't cause evil, don't cause harm, but be wise, understand what is going on. This is... The warning, this is the thing. You know, uh, today people, uh, this racial issue, and like I said, uh, some people are getting caught up in it. Uh, Look, I'm not black, right? I'm not white. I'm from the Middle East. Because sometimes people say, well, you know, look, you don't really understand. You're not in our shoes, you don't understand. And I'm not trying to downplay or or, uh, the oppression and the racism that does happen. It does happen. But when it's politicized like that, you know that there is a deeper issue being played. Using people's emotions to capture people's emotions into something. So like I said, I'm not black, I'm not white, I'm I'm from the Middle East, and people say you haven't experienced it. You know what, being from the Middle East, let me tell you something. I look like a terrorist. Look, I have a bit of a beard. I look like a terrorist. I'm well aware of that. And you know what, I'm not the only one who knows that. Every time I travel in an airport, I'm reminded of that when I'm called out of a crowd. We were traveling in Germany one time, the plane full of people. Listen, they didn't stop black people, they didn't stop white people. Out of a whole crowd of people, they called us out of the line, come over here, passports please. The only ones, off the plane who were called by the police was us. Guess what, I I, I know what I'm talking about. Now, I'm not crying here and saying poor me. All I'm saying is these things, brothers and sisters, exist. If we get caught up in some of these things, we can get distracted. We can get distracted from the real issue, get caught up in a cause that seems good, like these men who went to Absalom's party, 200 of them, and they had no clue what was going on, that they were joining a rebellion. Beware what you lend influence to. Beware what you share, what you're promoting. Let us focus on that which really matters. Anyway, so the policeman saw the passports, the Australian. He was, he was shocked. Uh, you could tell he was shocked uh, because, you know, what? Well, you know, how come you look like that and you, uh, you have an Australian passport? Anyway, so the, the point simply is this in the world, there's so much injustice, there's so much issues that Satan is using to bring about his design and his plan. I'll close with my last verse. And this verse is the warning that Jesus gave. And we'll close with this. It's very fitting in this particular context where Jesus says in Luke 21, verse 36, watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Here's what Jesus tells us to do in the last days. He says, don't get caught up, watch. You know, watch carefully. And then do what? Pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things. You can't afford to expect just not to be deceived. You have to watch. You cannot trust your senses in the last days. You cannot trust the official storylines. You remember the story of of, uh, Thomas, Thomas who doubted. Thomas, he did not believe the promise of Jesus, the prophecy of Jesus. He didn't believe what his disciples told him, what really happened, because he did not see it. And he demanded that he had to see it with his eyes, he had to experience it for himself in order to believe it. And Jesus rebuked him as being faithless. Jesus rebuked, he says, don't be faithless, but believing. Jesus also warned us in the last days, be careful because if you trust your senses, if you rely on your senses as the sole authority for making decisions, you will be deceived. Jesus says in the last days, there's going to people are going to say, there's Christ over there in the wilderness. He says, don't even go there. Why did Jesus tell us, don't even go and look? You know why? Because Jesus knows we are creatures of our senses. And so many times, our senses can be used against us to deceive us. Beware in the last days. Watch. So that's why he says here, watch carefully. Watch how you believe what you fall into. Your senses will fool you. Satan knows how to manipulate our senses better than us. The only sure guidance is what God's word says. Do we trust, do we believe God's word to a level that we actually override what our senses tell us and we believe God's word instead? Is this really how you are? This is how we prepare for the last days. I fear that most of us, brothers and sisters, are not there yet. So many times we trust to our senses, what we hear, what we see, oh, guess this, oh, and we get caught up in all kinds of stuff and share all manner of stuff and get so consumed and changed by beholding all this stuff and we lose focus of where we really need to be looking. By all means, be aware of what's happening. Be informed. Sir, don't believe everything. Yes, search. it's good not to question the official narrative. It's good to question things. That, but don't get caught up in the other extreme and become a total uh, a pusher of all these alternate ideas, bizarre and weird as they may be, and you only push them because they just happen to be an alternative. Satan is working there too. So watch. And pray always. Here's what Jesus says. Pray always. Be in prayer. Pray like you, that's why I said, pray like you never prayed before. Be found in the secret place of prayer. Consult with God. Speak to Jesus. Open your heart to him. Uh, Learn to discern the voice of the shepherd. We're not going to get through the last days based on our regular prayer life, as good or as bad as it might be. It has to be taken to a deeper level. Jesus in the last days, in his last days on earth, he went to a prayer experience that was deeper than ever before. He prayed, he asked his disciples to really pray with Him. He was struggling through prayer. How is it with you and me? The disciples fell asleep. And then in the end, he told them, sleep on. They totally missed out on a totally different experience that could have been theirs because they fell asleep, they neglected to pray. So here Jesus tells us, pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Here is the preparation, brothers and sisters. Are you preparing to stand before the Son of Man? It will depend on what occupies your mind. What goes on here? What do you consume? What are you beholding? What is, uh, what is it that, that you think of, that you talk about, that you, that you consumed with? That is what will shape your thinking, and that is what will prepare you to either stand or fall when the Son of Man comes. So beware of deception. Let uh, me close that. We'll come to the end. Beware of deception. It exists. Don't believe everything. Test all things. Don't be simple. Be wise. Be prudent. And above all, get to know the shepherd like you've never known him before. We're in for serious trouble. But there will be those who will stand in the last days. Jesus will come to take his people home. We will be victorious in Christ. That's where we need to be. If you were blessed by this message, remember to subscribe and share it with others. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Your prayers and support are appreciated. May God richly bless you through his son, Jesus.